If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Michelle Cassidy and Jonathan Carey are the Atlas Obscura Places editors. They look at everything that everyone from all around the world submits. They are the people who build the big beautiful database. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Jonathan. Nice to see you again. Hi, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. How's it going? Are you guys getting, are you, are you getting in a fair amount of entries? Are you getting in stuff that's, that's interesting? What is, uh, what's catching your eye these days? Uh, we, we've been keeping very busy. We've had a lot of stuff come through. I think there is a high school class somewhere in Alabama yes. submitting Atlas <laughs> Obscura entries for extra credit. This is amazing. Um, so I've been learning a lot about the area around Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, that's awesome. I hope that the teacher or the, or the students uh, hear this. Uh, good job, guys. Yeah, hello. I hope you all get A's this semester. Ditto. <laughs> Anything, anything particularly more generally catching your eye? Any interesting stuff that, that really intrigued you? There is this sculpture in Nuremberg called Der Hasse, which is German for the rabbit. It sounds like it might be cute, right? But to a lot of people, this thing looks like an absolute nightmare come to life. And it actually relates to another slightly more well-known piece of art. Uh, if either of you have heard of Durer's Rhinoceros... I have. I'm familiar with Durr's rhinoceros and a fan of this story. I'm curious about where we're going. So Albrecht Durer lived in the 15th and 16th centuries, and he was um, an artist and a mathematician and a printmaker. And he made this woodcut illustration of a rhino, but he had never seen a rhino. He, he was going off these descriptions of, um, I believe the rhino was brought into Portugal and then like slowly descriptions and maybe some other people's sketches made their way over to him in Nuremberg, Germany, and he drew it. He came pretty close, but there are a couple sort of odd details about how the drawing turned out. Um, it has this like armor-like plating. Um, it has like a little unicorn-ish horn where the neck meets the back. It's this fascinating sort of game of telephone that's been preserved for hundreds of years now. So... This is always the story that that I knew. It was the story of like this the the what happens when you like draw an animal you've never seen. But one day someone said, "You know that Durer wasn't drawing an African rhinoceros. He was drawing an Indian rhinoceros. It looks so much more 
like what he drew. It's got these crazy like folds in its body along the places oh, where he drew yeah, these armor really lines. Oh, now, wow. now, granted, he drew these like rivets, yeah. which like yeah. don't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he drew like armor rivets, which like clearly it doesn't have rivets. But like I was like. It's actually like a little more of an interesting thing because I think everyone thinks of a African rhino and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. that look, that's really off. But then I, when I saw these pictures of, of Indian rhinoceroses, I was like, oh, you can see the plate they of- actually you yeah. do they do kind of look like they have this crazy, really divided anyway. I just like I like the back and forth of that story, like how it becomes one thing and then kind of the other thing. Anyway, so 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 Durr, uh, interesting artist. Why did he come into your field of view? So the reason that I'm thinking about Durer is because I recently learned about this delightful sculpture in Nuremberg that actually stands outside of the house where he lived. And it's its own reinterpretation of a different piece of Durer's art. I personally think it's really beautiful. Um, It was created in 1984 by Jürgen Gertz, Uh, And it's this, like, giant kind of goggle-eyed rabbit that is bursting out of a wooden crate. There are a bunch of smaller rabbits, like, also crawling out around it. It's it's not super obvious, but if you look closely, you can see there's, like, a human hand peeking out from under this rabbit. So it's, like, implying that this sort of banicula came out of this crate and killed a man and also brought its sort of like little rabbit spawn with it. Um, And then on a separate smaller pedestal right in front of it, there is like just a small regular (laughs) rabbit statue that's sort of a more faithful adaptation of this watercolor painting that Durer made from the 15th century. I really like this statue, and I like Durer. Like, if you look at the drawing of of the rhinoceros or this sculpture of this kind of grotesque rabbit, there's there is this kind of almost like proto horror vibe to his work. Like, it's very fantastical. It's slightly ominous looking. What makes this rhinoceros so strange is like he's added so much like weird extra filigree and like little like details and and accoutrement that like aren't really there. And and you see that in this rabbit, too. It's got this kind of um, unnecessary level of slightly disturbing detail. (laughs) That's what I was thinking the same thing, too. Like it's it's almost like one of those things that you look at and you're like, okay, this is entirely too much going on. (laughs) And it's it's all like very strange and peculiar at the same time. And it's it's very, it's a disturbing looking. I dig it. I dig it. (laughs) So we have this giant, crazy, horrifying uh, rabbit. Uh, Jonathan, you, you said that there was sort of a theme here. What is your associated place? One of the things that really actually came through recently as well was the statues at Ureno Castle in Ureno, Italy. And they're called the Grotesque of Ureno Castle. So even if you look at it today, it has that classic medieval look. It's a drawbridge. There's a labyrinth underneath the castle, apparently. And there's a rooftop garden. But that's where these unique sculptures called grotesque exist. So the grotesque is actually more of an art form that existed. It was most commonly seen in the Middle Ages and in the form of gargoyles. And most of the time on the side of buildings and churches. So entire point of the grotesque was to induce a sense of repulsion, a sense of make your stomach turn a bit, make you feel uneasy and make you not want to look at it for a very long time. That's what they were designed to do. I mean, kudos to those artists because these are 
unsettling to look at. Can you describe them a little bit? Yeah, so they're essentially these diminutive human-like figures. Um, And each one is, I would say, deformed in some type of way. So some of them, their faces are melting. um, Some are missing limbs. Some bodies are contorted, um, distorted. um, And these very just exaggerated expressions and exaggerated forms. Each one was designed to basically kind of to mimic a certain sin, I guess to say, or a certain human, um, the ills of humanity, so to speak. So fastidiousness, greed, conceit, gluttony. When you look at them and you see these statues, you're supposed to kind of relate these forms to these particular sins. These are incredibly like lavish estates Mm -hmm. where everything is like perfect and beautifully appointed. And it feels like a really distinct and purposeful design choice to be like, yeah. And we're going to populate this beautiful garden with these, like, horrendous, hideous, like, beings. And, like, when I think of gargoyles on a church, I think of them as functioning in a somewhat different way than these might have functioned in a, like, princely estate, you know? Um, But I don't know. I don't know enough about this, like, particular format. Most gargoyles were used to actually drain the roofs of churches just for rain. I mean, it was more of an aesthetic purpose towards it, behind it. I mean, like I said, outside of it fitting that gothic element of, you know, of, of, of the times. I mean, it really was used as, uh, had a purpose to it. Um, but these ones are just kind of in this garden and seem that they serve a different purpose than um, just draining water. Looking at these grotesques at Urino Castle, they look like caricature drawings. Like they have bigger heads than their body. They look like something that you would like get made on a boardwalk, but just like, a little bit crueler than I think modern caricature work. I generally like like them. I find both the rabbit statue you were talking about, Michelle, and these grotesques that you're talking about, Jonathan, like really appealing. They like definitely are my style of art. I like find them actually quite um, cool. It's funny, you know, I've had reason in my life especially since working here to read through quite a few lists of like ugliest statues in the world and Almost always, I look through those and like, I don't understand why people object. These are so fascinating and weird and beautiful. And and I love them. Every single one of them, my precious babies. And even piggybacking off that, I I think that's one of the reasons why I chose mine too, because I mean, outside of it being um, strange and peculiar and just like right up my alley, I mean, it was strangely beautiful to me and strangely like intriguing to me to see these statues. And they were meant to be repulsive and meant to like instill fear and make you not want to look at them. But I couldn't help but like do more research and like find more pictures and look more. It's almost like we have a lot of lists in our database about you know, ugly buildings and these ugly buildings. And sometimes I look at them, I'm like, man, that's just so curious. And that's, it's so weird and interesting. So I think there is a fine line between yeah. <laughs> what is ugly yeah, and I'm curiosity. With you. I'm and with you. Like I'm with overly, you. <laughs> um, overly interesting, overly strange and weird versus what's ugly, so to speak. Quotation marks there for everybody at home. Uh, if, if any of you listening have ugly statues in your hometown that you have a soft spot in your heart for, please, please tell me about them. I, I want to see every single one of them. Thanks, guys. That was great. I will, uh, I will talk to you again soon. Thanks, Dylan. Take it easy, Dylan. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. 
The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. And I'm Dylan Therese, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 